Welcome to Talking in Stations, a special edition. We're going to have an interview here with I Choose You, who is a, well, we should call him a banker in high sec space. So uh, check it out. We're going to send out a couple of pings to let people know we're on. And kabam, the power of media. So one more ping. Whammo. This is like, this is like Batman on TV. Okay. Well, we got some of that business done. I want to say hello to our guest. I choose you. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Uh, we want to ask you a few questions because you're in the center of uh, something really big, something that is unique to EVE Online. Um, and we'll talk about that in just a second. But first, we want to get to know who you are in your own words. Uh, so what do we call you? I choose you? Yeah, that's fine. I used to play under... I used to have Jay as one of the names I used to fly under, but I choose you is fine. That's what most people know me through. We know that you were the leading offshore facility for people around Jita Market, which is the biggest trade hub in EVE Online. And by offshoring, a lot of people were essentially using your facilities to reduce their tax burden as they were buying goods. And that was very lucrative. But recently... And to do that, by the way, you were protected by some group, I assume Horde, but we'll get into that later. But recently, your facilities have come under attack as Test Alliance has decided to move in and try to take that market from you. But let's go back first and talk about how all this got started to let people understand what it is we're talking about. Can you take us back to when it started? Sure. Uh Broadly speaking, I started playing even about 2014. I, uh, at the time, did a lot of small gang PvP out of wormholes. And through that, I, uh, I started buying uh, characters for personal use. At one point, I had a C5 in which I was running escalations and trying to make ISK so that I could spend it on blingy ships to try to outmaneuver whoever I was facing. Uh, and that led me to start using the character Bazaar for the purpose of, um, of buying more characters and having extra carrier alt so that I could increase my escalations. And through the character Bazaar, I noticed that there was profit to be made by flipping characters. So at the time, injectors didn't exist. What you'd do is you'd find a character that was uh, relatively cheap, at least to your eyes, and uh, buy them, receive them about 10 hours later, and try to sell that character at a profit at some point in the future. It was pretty lucrative at the time uh, and very different to what people do now. Because injectors didn't exist, uh, when you bought a character, you were out of ISK until you sold that character. And so uh, that's different from now where you buy a character, you receive the character, and 10 hours later, you've extracted them and you can buy another. So it was there was a lot less competition at the time, which meant there was a, a lot more um, potential for profit. Uh, once in, injectors were introduced, I was already in the character bazaar game, and I, I quickly kind of changed how I operated to how it's being done now, which uh, essentially meant you buy a character, you extract them, and you sell the injectors. And the faster you sell the injectors, the um, faster you can buy another character, depending on how much ISK you have. And mm -hmm. uh, likewise, you can 
you can either sell them in Jita, which is often the cheapest place, or you can try selling them in other places. So I wanted to sell them outside of Jita. And so I started anchoring my own structures, uh, my own Fortizars at the time. And so I had one in Amar, and then eventually I, I moved to other regions like Hecht, Odixie, Rens. Uh, Perimeter was one of the last ones that I went for. Perimeter was the last one, huh? One of the last ones. Uh, at the time, when I got started, uh, Lenny is uh, known as an I Want Disc banker, the, the guy behind I Want Disc, and he was busy fighting over Perimeter. Um, I wasn't really part of that. I didn't deal too much with Perimeter. I wasn't a trader. I wasn't a guy that flipped Plex all day long and tried to make that the most disc I could from each Plex. Um, but other people were. And so those people wanted to have markets. I, my understanding is that Lenny wanted to deny those people from having markets. And so there was kind of like a cat and mouse game that was going on where um, structures would get killed and other structures would be anchored. And there was kind of like a rotation of five, six big traders that were being hunted by Lenny. Now, um, let me interrupt you. Uh, you're laying down the foundation of, of what it was like back then when it, this first started. But uh, back you up just a little bit. Lenny was, who was Lenny before he became a, a financier trying to corner this perimeter market? So there used to be a website called I Want Isk, and it was a gambling website, which kind of, I, I, I don't know much about it, but it had slot machines and it had various games and it had. Um, they, they had, I think one of the partners was Iron Bank. And so they had uh, a Twitch channel in which they had raffles and people would spend a lot of ISK on his website. I think, I don't know, he was eventually banned. His entire operation was banned and CCP got rid of gambling and Eve. But some rumors were like that the guy lost over 30 trillion ISK when he got banned. And so this was an extremely wealthy guy. Wow. There's, he's also, I, I, I don't follow Nullset politics too much. I know some people uh, don't, there's, there's some kind of fight over what it should be called. I know it as World War B, which essentially meant that a lot of people ganged up against goons. And my understanding is that he was financing that operation to, at like the cost of, from what I read on Reddit of, up to like a trillion isk a week for that operation. So this was an extremely wealthy guy who was at the time, um, as part of his operations, mm -hmm. trying to corner perimeter. It was a uh, $14, $14 trillion that he spent uh, by the end of the war. It was partially his money, but it was also he was funneling money from I Want Isk itself, the site. Uh, this guy named Eep who owned it was giving him money in order to uh, buy these mercenaries because I want this guy, uh, Eep, had a grudge against SMA, which later blew up into a full grudge against all of Imperium. But those two guys together, their money was what was going into fueling uh, World War B or Casino War, depending on how you look at it. But yeah, go on. Yeah, so so I, I kind of, he all also had a market in Amar. I decided to anchor one beside him. And there was another character, Bizarre Trader, that, kind of followed suit with me. Uh, the market tax, everyone had it set down to 0%. And so there wasn't any ISK being generated through the, uh, the, the broker fees. But I saw it kind of as a, 
a way of getting my name out there and maybe some publicity, try to get an extra character or two on the character bazaar. The, the margins were amazing at the character bazaar because people still didn't even know about injectors. So you were paying pre-injector prices for uh, like an, a character that you could, like I, you could make over 30 billion ISK on one character because people didn't know about injectors at the time. And so even if you just found one dude that didn't, kind of was just trying to fire sale his character at old prices, you could pay for your Fortizar and a half. And so it wasn't a big deal. There, You didn't have Asbels at the time. So you did have to lay down a Fortizar and they were expensive. I think they were like close to 20 bill. Not a lot of people were doing it, but those that were doing it were people that had quite a bit of ISK and, and were willing to fight for that ISK. Wild. And so... Um, <laughs> Luckily, my two main competitors got banned. I, I like the, <laughs> <laughs> there was Lenny in in Amar that was publicly talking about how he was selling a bunch of ISK, and he got banned. And so, sorry, can you uh, say the name again? You got clipped off there. Uh, sorry, I I call him Lenny. I don't know exactly. Yeah, Lenny Kravitz too. Is that who it was? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so he got banned. I, I saw that as an opportunity. I kind of had a bunch of characters back then, and I just decided to AFK grind his one of his structures with my like an, an Oracle fleet. And sure enough, no one came and no one showed up to defend it, and it died. And so did the other guy. I saw that as an opportunity to kind of raise my taxes in Amar and also clear out those people from other regions. I made a deal with some mercenary groups that they'd protect me, and I made sure that that deal was vague enough so that they would protect me anywhere in high sec. It was <laughs> ridiculously low. I was paying 1.5 bill a month for VMG to protect me everywhere in high sec. And I made that deal before they knew that everyone had gotten banned. And so I had their protection everywhere in high sec and decided to expand everywhere in high sec. Um, and I, and that's when I started selling injectors throughout New Eden, I guess. Um, and then eventually uh, I, I got, I went to Perimeter that, that was, there was a, a guy under the name of Karen Yang there, Planet 5 Trade Hubs. Uh, he was at 0%. I went in at 0% because he'd kind of go back and forth between 0% and 0.2%. And he hired... VMG, those people that I was paying 1.5 bill a month to protect me everywhere in high sec, I think he paid them 30 bill and they decided to turn on me and to attack a couple of my structures. It was only then they realized they were underpaying or being underpaid. I think they knew for some time. I just think they didn't have a reason to attack. Like I had that contract was solid it was like for a period of no less than six months from this date and this and that so it was a lengthy contract that kind of had them down to the teeth to all the details like they couldn't just stop uh then they i don't know I, it, but then they just flipped anyway right so they didn't honor yeah, the contract or did they yeah no they didn't they flipped what they started saying is that i was actually the alt of one dude that they had a grudge against and that i was I used my I choose you character as an alt to kind of make a deal with them so that they couldn't keep hunting me. And so they decided that was enough to kind to to turn on me. And 
there was no foundation whatsoever. It's just a lie that they chose to believe so that they could kind of turn around and, and start attacking me for profit. And so at the time, I, I was looking for help. These were the main high-sec mercenary dudes. They were uh, running the show. They had been hired by either Mercenary Coalition or Lenny. They were working together to clear perimeter, and they were now out of work with Lenny having been um, banned. And so uh, they turned their eyes on me, and I... I wanted to pay for help. I wanted to get organized groups to show up for timers and and defend my structures and possibly attack my enemy structures. And so uh, I, I reached out to NullSec groups and no one wanted anything to do with HiSec. I was willing to pay. I was saying like, I'll pay you 10 bill just to show up for this armor timer. You, you probably won't even have to fight. And And people just didn't want to have to deal with having a war deck for an extra week. And so I, I, I kind of felt alone in that. Um, one of the ways of dealing with that is just anchoring more structures and being annoying and trying to kind of recoup your profit in that period, uh, that re-anchoring period and kind of forcing, at the time I was the owner of Planet 5 Hubs who was paying 15 bill every time that I anchored a structure. So I was only losing five bill a time, and I could easily make all my profit back by just buying one character on the character bazaar. Just to give you a sense of how many characters I was buying at the time, I, I had this discussion with uh, one of the CCP GMs, and in a one month I bought forty characters. The next month I bought thirty. So I bu- I was buying seventy wow. characters in the period of two months, and I was averaging at least five to ten bill profit per character. So. Uh, it wasn't a problem at the time for a guy that just PVP'd out of wormholes to to anchor more and more structures. Yikes. And and so Horde came. Horde, I saw it as kind of like a blessing in disguise. I remember seeing, I don't know, I, don't, I, I say hundreds, but it was a lot of hurricanes. I knew, <laughs> like, just bashing my structure. It kind of, when I saw Tess show up last week, it kind of reminded me of that. That first time where they were when Horde was there, and I I was the number two guy in perimeter. I wanted to be the number one guy, and so I I instead of just kind of folding or asking um, Horde if they'd let me unanchor as others did, I asked them if they wanted to kind of work together and try to grow the grow the partnership to to make it more profitable. The the number one guy didn't want to compromise in any way. He didn't think that nullsec entities had any business in in high sec, and I, I I saw that as an opportunity, and, uh, and and started a relationship with Horde. Well, how did that work? Um, I I think it worked pretty well. I managed to plaster my name all over everyone's market browser. My Character bazaar sales went up. My like, I, I developed a brand. I've I've got an investment fund. People trust me. It it it, it went well. And Horde put in the work, right? There, it, it wasn't uh, here. We're sitting here and we're making a lot of isk. At the time, War Deck mechanics were horrible. You could anchor one Asbel every two weeks, and it would be invulnerable for those two weeks. Um, and and Horde cleared the competition, and we went from a 
from a period where we were charging 0% tax and everyone was charging 0% tax to eventually charging 0.1 and then 0.3. And um, closer to the end, we had reached 0.5% tax, which um, which is something that, that didn't exist before NullSec entities decided to come to HiSec and put in the work. Did they actually defend you against anything or anyone or did they eliminate competition or well, it's a little bit of both. If if people know that Horde has your back, they're less likely to attack you. So that was until one recently. Thing. <laughs> well, unless you are ready to take on Horde, right? Like, um, uh, if you're ready to take on Horde, well, then so be it. But I'm talking more like smaller groups. Uh, I, I had I had setups all over, even. I, I had very little war decks declared against my alliance, whereas I've got other friends on my Discord that I've helped them set up in other regions, and they constantly get war decked by small groups, whereas I haven't really been bothered by any small groups. That's so, one aspect. So one aspect is that Horde kind of blankets you, keeping all the little guys from wasting their time trying to attack you. Yeah, that's that's one of the things. Uh, the other thing is goons did make a, take a shot at, at Perimeter. I, I don't remember exactly when it was. This might have been like almost a year ago. But Goons declared war against, um, against my alliance and against Pandemic Horde, and they showed up, right? They, they showed up with hundreds of, of dudes on their side, and Horde showed up with hundreds of dudes on their side. It was a full-on tie-dye fest in Perimeter. And... Um, and there was a big fight, and I, I had my, I had like twenty scorpion pilots. I was jamming as many goons as I could, and there were was everyone <laughs> on grid. Uh, the goons decided to attack Pandemic Horde's Fortazar first, and Horde um, showed up in Max. I can't remember exactly. I think it was Max versus Max at the time, Macarials and. Uh, so I, I know that Horde managed to kind of clear off the materials. I don't know how far into, this must have been the armor. No, this was the structure timer, how far into the structure timer. And goons had, had it planned, and they had a hurricane stash in one of the structures or one of the, somewhere in perimeter. And so they, they just kept on feeding um, hurricanes until the structure exploded. and so. Tomorrow, if Horde structures do explode, it won't be the first time that they lose a Fortisarn perimeter. They lost one last time that that goons came. Hmm. So uh, that looks like uh, from Steel Horse here that that was probably during the Hakonin um, deployment that goons did when they were up north about a year, year and a half ago. But uh, I, go on. Yeah. No, I, I as much as Nullsec politics affect me immensely. I followed very little of them. Um, so I don't know exactly where they were deployed or anything. Yeah, January says it was the end of the Hakonin campaign. Uh, so they were probably on their way down and were burning some things on their way down uh, back yeah. home. Yeah, so so I guess that was that, that's kind of how I've been working together with Horde or how Horde has been serving my interests in, in HiSec. So 
Let's uh, come up to current times. That's uh, thanks for filling that in. That's a really cool blank. I have a one other question about the history of this whole operation. Were the Merck corporations working with each other? Are they? Is there like a a, a mercenary mafia in high sec, or do they fight each other to protect different structures? Um, I I know they've had fights in the past. They don't fight over structures. Usually, it's it's really just one group either is stronger and the other one either blue balls or, or lets themselves die. Uh, they, they've had, I, I, don't, I don't follow what they do too much, but they've had have fights. Like VMG, when they turned on me, they, they were, their storyline was that I was the leader of one of the other groups and that I Choose You was just kind of, I was, I was new to the game i had created a new character i choose you wasn't the character i was pvping with and so they thought that it, it was a new character that was just being used to kind of shield myself against that uh that fight they had that internal fight they had amongst themselves uh they i, I don't think they've ever had big fights against themselves i might be wrong uh, mm-hmm. but the main the main leader at the time at least was the one that was working for Lenny and had associated itself with um, Mercenary Coalition, and that's VMG, now known as Pirate. Oh, Pirate. Okay. So, uh, like, how lucrative is this market, uh, this Plex market? Why are, why is Test after it? Uh, I mean, the, the public numbers speak for themselves. There's a lot of people um, that see a benefit what, in what using... Are the, what are the private numbers? Oh, the private numbers are private, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, and and until, I guess I, I'm this. I see little benefit to disclosing um, the numbers. I I've actually tried to keep a pretty low profile since uh, this has all, uh, since like I I developed my relationship with, um, with Horde. I, I was never flying around trying to or rarely trying to flash isk or be like i've got this much isk look at me haha because i didn't want to attract unwanted attention yeah this is not about you though this is about this whole offshoring thing that's happening around jita uh we see it every day and we're just wondering how big this thing really is and so tell us the public numbers if you won't tell us the private numbers uh i mean if you look at the the public number just look at kind of what you see online i don't want to guide people into any of this but there's there's trillions of isk that go through the structures. So just imagine that times 0.01 or 0.03 or 0.05%, and, and you kind of have your number. It's not huge uh, trillions of isk. It's it's not. Uh, I, well, I don't know what huge is. It all everything's relative. But right. there, there's there's enough isk to justify the effort, right? Like, um, and and if you look at Horde's war deck history. There's there was a lot of effort. Like there's a lot of people that anchor structures in order to get a lower tax rate, and those structures were systematically removed. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so it's worth the effort. But what's that number? Uh, I I won't tell you the number. I, I sorry. I know that's probably what people want, but yeah, that's um, what I want it, too. It's it's a lot of isk. It's enough to justify. Well, well, I don't know. I'll, I'll give you a number. The number that Pro God said it was was five hundred billion a month. And that's how much Horde's cut was. Uh, I don't know where he got that number from. He didn't get it from me. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that um, 
maybe from public numbers that that seems accurate um now would that I, be the total amount or would that be hordes cut because hordes getting a percentage of of it i honestly it varies so much in in one day you can have double the amount that you have another day so it's not like it was consistent mm. every month you get this much like like when they're the market stagnates sometimes and other times you have sales and like the week you have a sale, it goes crazy up, but then the week after no one's buying Plex anymore. And so it goes down. So uh, there isn't yeah. a set number that I can say you're going to make 500 bill a month. It, it, it varies. Okay. And, and I've had people and on like people make market mistakes. It's crazy how many, like on your talking stations, I think you're the one that kind of referred me to him. The guy fat fingered a 96 billion broker fee. He accidentally paid 96 billion tax. Oh, oh that was a guy that uh, accidentally, accidentally lost a fortune and I put him in touch with you and you fixed it for him. Yeah. I, yeah. I sent him back his 96 billion is. Uh, but yeah. he just, that was just one dude. So like, you're not going to be making close to a hundred billion isk a day, yeah. but some days you can. And let me, and let me have, just, let me just say it pays to be on TIS discord. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, I, I get a lot of people that tried scamming me and saying like the, the amount of transactions that go through the, like I'd say 90% of the transactions are zero isk transactions. I never managed. I tried punching in the numbers to Everness to try to track like how much is going through and it would just lag the heck out of my computer. Most of the transactions are zero ISK because when you update a transaction, it doesn't cost you anything unless you're updating it up. So you'll get like, if even if you try to look at the sheet that you have, you'll just have zero ISK transaction after the next. Mm -hmm. Okay. So test has come and what's, uh, what's the general sense of where things stand? Uh, well, they've they've brought uh, some big fleets and some big ships with um, some big guns, and they're they're shooting. They're shooting everything. They're not just shooting what I have in perimeter. They're going outside of perimeter, and uh, just kind of to give you a sense, because you like numbers, I'm probably going to lose if I lose all my structures over 500 bill in the next couple of days. Oh. So that that's how much, like the the rigs for these the Sotio is like it's crazy. The rigs for the the T2 rigs for the Tatara are like each one of those structures is easily over a hundred bill. So there there's a lot of, of structures and a lot of risk to be lost. And yeah. I, just as a, a general notice, um, not to to say where this is leading or where it's going because it's frankly out of my hands but I would get your stuff out of all of my structures uh, if you don't want to have to pay asset safety. Okay, it's public service. Yeah. So what, do you, what are your personal feelings on this? Uh, it's not a great situation. I, uh, like, frankly speaking, I, I put a lot of hard work into building the brand and the services, and um, goons and tests are really strong. I respect their efforts. Uh, I I I kind of I tried thinking on my bike ride home from work today. I tried thinking of how I I could describe that, and the thought that I had is how um, another player might feel about losing a titan. You work so damn hard to get to that titan, 
um, and kind of shit happens and your titans pinned down, enemy caps start jumping in, and there's no response fleet. No response fleet that's going to come in and save you. And so um, you you might end up losing that titan. The next day, that titan's dead. Uh, you worked out really hard for it, but at the end of the day, it's it's just an item. And uh, Eve is such a wonderful game that it goes on, and nothing in Eve lasts forever. So I'm I'm okay with the fact that I'm going to lose um, the structures that I anchored. In my mind, they're the same way uh, someone else might feel about unanchoring or uh, undocking a, a, a big ship. You you got to be ready to lose what you undock. Yeah. I've been there, man. <laughs> I know yeah. how you feel. Yeah. I, I think it, I think it's good. I think it's fine. I I don't have isk problems, so it's not like like that's a big issue. Uh, but but I am like your shit is burning around you, and that's kind of where where I'm at now. Yeah. Well, is this the end for you, or what's what's your next step? I I, I don't know. I, I I know high sec really well. I know the mechanics really well. And I think that even if test is here and putting in the effort, I think I know of ways of making ISK um, in high sec that can at the same time make test's life uh, hell. I might do that for a bit. I might decide that it's too much effort and not worth it. I, I still run my, I run an investment fund right now. I've got people have invested over 350 50 bill so maybe i'll i'll grow that and if not maybe i'll go back to pvping and maybe fly in the alliance tournament again so i like this game too much to quit i'm not saying that i'm necessarily going to continue doing what i've been doing but this might just be a door uh towards something else yeah so is this um i choose you uh financial operation do you have other stuff going on like um you know, because I see the investment channels in, in uh, uh, the C, what is it, CSS, SCC, um, Discord. Uh, do you have like an investment fund that, that you work on? Do you have other things that you do? Yeah, I, I have my own ISK, which I kind of run speculations on. I, I also run a, like a public investment fund where people that trust me with their ISK can send me their ISK, and in exchange, I'll pay them 2% monthly dividends. I like If you understand the Plex market and the, the, the extractor market and all that stuff, you can make ISK, and the more ISK you have, the more ISK you can make. I kind of, in my Discord yesterday, I kind of tried to reassure investors, and uh, I'm just looking over it now. I kind of I showed them the numbers and I, I showed them screenshots and it's not like I'm ever going to have financial issues. I, I kind of, just looking at it, I, in the last two months, we made over 500 bill profit off the investment fund. That has nothing to do with the structures. So it's not like um, I'm Dang. in a dire situation where I'm, I'm going to lack ISK. Can we be friends? <laughs> <laughs> we are friends. <laughs> I, I want to yeah. be able to say not at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, that, 
uh, you know, as somebody who's in high sec, though, uh, it doesn't sound like you're going to uh, be in too much trouble. It's just you're you're going to mutate into other things and, and find ways of making other money and stuff like that. But or maybe I'll have a comeback. Yes, that's what I was going to ask. Are you going to set up shop somewhere else? Because you you are around Amar. Right? Uh, I'm not in Amar. There there was a deal struck in which um, I I agreed to stay out of Amar. So I'm not in Amar. Amar is another market. Um, nothing's as profitable as Perimeter, but we'll see. It I I guess it all depends. If tests say we want to kill I choose you wherever he goes, then they'll be able to kill me wherever I go. Uh, and and then it won't necessarily be no, well, that's if it. I don't know if it's personal, though. I think they want your, they want that market. They want that money. I don't know if they're after you for a specific reason. If anything, they're out to hurt uh, the income of Horde, if anything. Yeah, I don't think they know me. I don't know. I, I don't think they know who I am. They might just think that I'm a Horde alt. And if that's the case, then maybe they think, well, we don't want Horde to be making ISK anywhere. And so they might hunt me wherever I go, which, uh, like, I, I have no problem with them hunting me. I, I just, I guess I'm saying my future is very uncertain and relies on a, a number mm-hmm. of factors. Well, um, so anyway, to the audience, we're going to have a short AMA after this. If you want to jump into uh, Talking Stations Discord, maybe we can have it in, in voice, although I don't know. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. But uh, you can ask your questions in, inside a chat if, if uh, we decide to do it that way. Last area that we want to talk about, super hot topic, and this is something that you must know something about, and that is the war deck mechanics. What do you think of that? Yeah, I, I've been dealing with war decks quite some time. I think I've, I've dealt with a ton of them, either against my alliance or against my competitors as corporations. I agree that they're, the mechanic is completely broken, uh, and especially so as it relates to new players and uh, their grief. I, I'm not a huge fan of uh, CCP's temporary solution. I commend the fact that they take action um, fast. Uh, it's not the way I would have done it. I, uh, the main problem as I see it and understand it is that you could have one corporation declare hundreds of wars against any and all small and medium alliances for a very small fee, and they essentially get to turn high sec into their null sec. And they, they have all the advantages of high sec and unlimited scouts, and they're really taking advantage of people that aren't ready for that. And, and that's a problem. And I think there were numbers disclosed recently by CCP that really got the community moving. My problem with the current proposal, uh, and I understand it's temporary, but I hope it's not temporary just like other things are temporary. Uh, What they've now done is or proposed to do is that you can only declare wars against entities that have anchored structures in high sec. Uh, So essentially, if you don't have a structure in high sec, you have some sort of immunity. And I, yeah. I don't like communities. I don't think Eve is about immunities. I think Eve is about fighting and about being able to pick a target and uh, annihilate them if that's what you want. And I think that if I have a grudge against someone, I should be able to hunt them to the end of space until that person either 
like makes new friends or learns to fight back. Uh, immunities, I don't think, are, are, should be part of this game. Uh, my proposal to CCP, they they didn't want to. I, I I offered. I put in a support ticket saying like, guys, I have quite a bit of knowledge in this field. I'd be more than happy to kind of. Uh, give my share my experience. I'm sure there's a lot of other people in that same situation, but I tried. Uh, my idea was to implement a uh, kind of a scaling cost to wars. So if I was only declaring one or two wars a week against one or two focus corporations, and fine, it's cheap. But if I start declaring ten or fifteen or fifty wars a week, then the the price escalates to a point where I can't just turn. High sec into null sec, but I can uh, hunt one or two corporations down if that's what I want. Mm-hmm. So that that's a, I, I, this. This might be a little late now that CCP this week announced their proposed changes, but that was my temporary solution. I think there's a lot of other things that need to be fixed with high sec, but that was that was my temporary solution. Yeah. Well, I wondered if you faced a lot of war decks and if they were trouble for you and all that kind of. Um, I faced broken mechanics where if they do certain things and war deck you in a certain way, you can't shoot back. And that is a problem. I'm not going to disclose those mechanics because I, I, like I, I think they shouldn't be used. I've, I've told CCP about them and they said it's, it's the way it should be used, but I think it's clearly broken if the way they war deck you makes it so that you can't have allies join the war or your allies can't shoot back. Or if you use neutral logic, you can't shoot the neutral logics, et cetera. I think there's a lot of broken things with high sec that need to be fixed. All right. Well, thanks for telling us, uh, you know, your backstory and, and what you're going through now. It's an interesting part of the game that doesn't get that much. Uh, again, for people that don't know, if you're buying Plex, uh, the way you have to, uh, the, the best way to save money is to use these uh, player-owned Fortizars that are around the market that you're in. In this case, Gita would be the biggest market. And you can save yourself uh, really billions in taxes uh, over time. And so that's what these the fight is over, that offshoring opportunity. That I Choose You was... Um, very comfortable with, and it's now being taken over by test. And your structures will actually be under attack and blown up when? Uh, tomorrow is when they come out into the structure time. The tomorrow's the structure timer around uh, European time zone. And uh, I think pandemic horde structures are also timed for that. So the, to the extent that they die, there's going to be a lot of explosions at the very same time and possibly quite a bit of tie-dye in perimeter as well. Yeah. Okay, uh, I choose you. Are you uh, feeling okay about taking some questions from the audience? Yeah, yeah, that seems fine. Okay, uh, so the first question will come from uh, Run USMC. Hey, Matterall. Hey, I choose you. Hey. Hello. Hey, I was just curious what you thought about Horde's um, kind of lack of defense. They're sort of moving away from the entire war. Um, and I don't know if you already covered this, but I just want to get your thoughts. Sure, yeah. I mean, from a personal perspective, I, I'd like to have my structures defended and stay alive and not get blown up. Um, 
I, I don't know what your alliance, what alliance you're in, but uh, just taking a, a chapter from Pro God Legends's book of, I think last week he might have written something on tests where uh, sometimes you just got to let your. I, he was talking about keep stars, but keep stars blow up, and and that it is what it is. I don't expect, or I, I surely wouldn't want um, a horde to field. 500 materials and lose them all and lose my Fortizar. So if I'm going to lose my Fortizar regardless, uh, the, it, it is what it is and it's going to burn. So I don't, I don't have a grudge against them. I wouldn't expect Horde to, to, do a, to fight a fight they can't win. As to whether, if your question is, like, if you're suggesting that they could win but choose not to, I, I don't know if that's actually the case i like from what i understand from the politics is that uh goons and test stood up against horde and nc and all of panfam and nullsec and and they won and i i kind of as i was seeing that war develop every day that i logged into reddit and saw the the next set of propaganda i was like oh shit this isn't good or like at one point i thought okay this is good and then and then when when Horde kind of decided that the deal with GOTG wasn't good, I was like, well, I'm fucked. What about, uh, we have a question here from Rax. Would you make a deal with Test or Goons? Uh, I, I made a deal with Horde the first time they showed up. I And, and that kind of is similar. You get attacked and, and you make a deal. Uh, there's different ways of seeing my role in this thing. One of them is, I'm just a renter, and whoever owns my space uh, has the right to to tax me the same way that any government taxes any other business. The other one is to to look at it from a perspective that I've built a relationship with Horde, and I, I trust and respect them, and I wouldn't want to like like just go against them. And the third one is I wouldn't want to make a shitty deal. Like I don't need to make a shitty deal. The to, to save my structures. My structures, the, the most value in them are the rigs. So, like, so it would have to even, be a, a good deal. It would have to be a good deal to, to make it. Uh, and the deal he's offered us have been rejected. Uh, so that's Vili from Test, so that uh, those uh, who are listening... So there's no deal on the table, uh, I suppose. No. Okay, so we'll go to the next question. This is from Dumand. <laughs> I'll just say that. Yeah. So I, I have a question. I don't know if you were talking about it, but did you have a plan B? I mean, I would suspect like events like this would be uh, forecasted. I mean, especially since you have so much assets in that general vicinity. Um, it, I, I always, I always figured this day would come and I always figured um, to the extent that what I was doing was profitable. Someone else would would come in as to whether there's a plan B. Uh, I don't know if there is a plan, like a viable plan B. If someone wants, if someone is as strong as uh, what I understand test to be right now, and they want to take your shit, they're going to take your shit. Uh, I can still, I have other aspects, and Eve, I, I know, like I've, I've spoken about my investment fund, and there's other things I can do to make ISK if that's what I want to do, um, but. Plan B is just enjoy the game in another way. Um, 
Thanks, everybody, for keeping uh, this place super, super respectable. Next question is Julius Doctor, who's just joined TIS staff or crew. Welcome, Julius. Hey, guys. And hi, I choose you. We've actually spoken before. I, I recognize you. I can't remember exactly circumstances. I was talking to you about your high tech structures and, and the possibility of writing an article for INN. And uh, unfortunately, they uh, they changed how they take in new articles and Eve Vegas was coming up, so I got a little busy. But my question is specific to um, sort of the nature of the investment you, you would like to see about um, mid-sized entities who'd be interested in investing in, you know, making sure that there are structures of yours nearby or that they can work in investments with you who don't necessarily have a political reason for being there, but just like the idea of a good investment. Um, in terms of me making them ISK by anchoring structures on a kind of rolling basis? Yes. Um. I mean, it, it's possible. I I think it's something that Horde has been dealing with in the past um, continuously. There there are groups that kind of kind of came together and decided to join forces in order to anchor the structures. It, it's it's a lot of work, and I think there are better ways of making ISK out there. Unless you're actually a trader that likes to flip plex nonstop and. I'm not one of those guys, so I'm not going to benefit from having a 0% tax rate in my own structures. I'm sure other people might come together as they were before Tess showed up and and decide to do that. Uh, it's not something that I find particularly stimulating. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to to do that in Eve to anchor structures repeatedly. Hmm. This is a question for both Vili, who's here. He's one of the leaders of TEST, and I choose you. And this is from another major investor, ProBag Bear. People recognize him from uh, the investments that he does. He's also been on Talking in Stations show a few times. The question is, do you think we will start seeing more NLSEC entities fight over GITA markets now? Or are we going to just see the year-long horde monopoly replaced by a year-long TEST monopoly? And we'll take... uh, I choose you first and then Billy. Uh, I, I think, uh, I think ProGod uh, on the last show he was on and talking on stations talked about the political landscape in Eve. And I don't know if it was him or if it was someone else that kind of said, well, the party that's in power is going to be like, uh, is going to capture the flag. And so to answer whether or not um test is going to have the flag is kind of to answer whether or not they're going to keep the political power they have i it's really not a question for me because i know very little to nothing about how politics work in the rest of eve but but you said earlier that you're at the mercy of the landowner or tax collector whoever that is and if that decides to be nullsec then it is We'll, we'll shift it then to uh, Vili. What do you think about that question? Do I think that we're going to continue to be able to hold the things we gain? No. Do you think NullSec will be interested in doing what you're doing, taking over markets in HiSec? Hell no. It's a lot of work, <laughs> and most of the alliances in EVE are like lazy as shit, so it would not surprise me if nobody else is interested. Well, what got you interested? Was it the, the money? Uh, no, we wanted to screw Horde. So this is about Horde. 
100 percent you know like the amount of money we're making here gives me like now that we've finally been able to kind of gather some data in terms of what what uh income this would represent in terms of generation this is well over half of horde's total income easily it's uh it's very easy to say that yes this was the right call in terms of screwing horde so yeah so this is a strategic null sec uh move played out in high sec yeah they had an asset they are enemies we removed their uh income generating and we've replaced it with our own and we've done it much more effectively and i'd like to think uh in a much more um i don't know how you would say that we do something we do with style you know like nobody else has got the balls to anchor a keep star hell we anchored your fucking keep star like uh, <laughs> so welcome. yeah that, that's how we roll boys it's not mine that's yours well it's ours now yeah. after like 240 fucking billion isk hey that was supposed to be quiet <laughs> uh, whatever bro all right um, it's, all, it's all fraternity's money anyways that's how we play <laughs> okay because you you beat fraternity and took their money i, I got you uh, okay, so Jurius Doctor has a question. Go ahead, Jurius. So I'm curious about this, you know, the recent moves by large nullsec entities into placing structures adjacent HiSec and in HiSec, and particularly because of... What entities besides up. us? Shh, let me finish my question. <laughs> so the question is, I'm curious... Um, if you were paying attention to the developments of eVegas in the sense that they are looking at the uh, modifications to the war deck system so that the parties that you wish to start a war deck against in HiSec must own a structure and they're potentially considering making it so that you have to have a structure as well before you can do that. Um, now, for most HiSec entities, this isn't going to be a significant change because a lot of the people being war doctor being war doctor because they have a structure that makes them a target. Or at least that's what the behavior of pirate and public enemy seems to indicate. But do you think that there's move here or room for move for high sec to become the next no block battle arena? Uh, I, I kind of spoke a little bit about war deck mechanics earlier and about this change. I don't think I fully appreciate it the way you might appreciate it because I wasn't at Vegas and I didn't follow the keynotes. But um, I just I, I don't think high sec will help null sec. If anything, I think high sec will kind of create immunities, which I was saying I I think are bad for Eve. I think people will come to high sec and be scared of leaving high sec or anchoring structures because they don't want to, to be war decked and they might stay in high sec and decide to mine the rest of their lives in high sec because of that, instead of being adventurous and trying other things. I don't think that I, I, and I don't know if what CCP is saying is that if you have a null sec structure, then you can have a war deck in high sec. It maybe that's what you're referring to. I, I my understanding was that I, 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 I didn't know. I have no idea what they're doing. Uh, okay. I was, just, I was just going to say, the reason I ask it that way specifically is because all of the effort up until now, up until test move, which by the way, props Billy, because that was freaking cool, um, is, is to see, you know, these large fights and stagings set up in Ilsec or Low where you're in striking distance. You don't really have to so much worry about the rules, but if you're going to, you know, start spending money on war decks so that you can fight in regions you previously wouldn't be able to, there's room for players who've never seen that side of Nelson because they've never left high to experience battles like that in systems that they frequent. 
I, I have to apologize. I'm not sure I follow. I don't know how this change will create more fighting in ISA than what, what it is at now where all it costs is 50 million-esque to create a fight. Right. Let's, uh, let's just ask ITSU questions that are pertain to his situation. We'll explore these other topics uh, later on. But I, I did skip a question, so I'll ask Everlasting Hurricane if he's here. If he's not, I'll read it for him. Uh, his Oh, yeah. If you were knew these uh, were coming down, these uh, structures of yours, I choose you. Why are you putting more up is, I believe. It. Um, I mean, I, I, I was putting up uh, some initially. I, I put up two. I put them under my name and uh, they, they, they weren't generating profit. Some, one person on my Discord asked, what's the business model for anchoring 0% structures? And reality is that there's no there's no financial benefit to it uh at the same time it it costs five billion isk and it has the likelihood of denying more um isk than that i i kind of at the at least at the beginning i was um very hopeful that this like because my structures were in armor that they wouldn't necessarily be destroyed but i think that uh, now it's becoming more and more reality that my structures will be destroyed. So there, there's there's less follow through mm-hmm. um, for me, at least, in, in using my brand to kind of keep. Uh, you, you did reach out to to try to make a deal with the new landlord. So to- um, I I uh, I was introduced to the new landlords, and there was a, a discussion that was had, but I don't think there was anything close to. Uh, to the parties being able to reach some sort of agreement. Mm-hmm. And Vili, since this is a strike against Horde, why would you need to take out I Choose You? Because it's just kind of an added benefit to might as, might as well get the money while you're there kind of thing? Don't know if I asked that right. Why would we need to take out Horde? No, take out I Choose You if, if you could just cut off their money well, by saying you pay us now, you don't pay Horde anymore. Because... I know he seems like a nice guy in this interview, but he was certainly super like not the kind of person you would want to work with in the few chats we had with him. And the, the original deals we discussed were so incredibly far apart that like 30% in your keep star, please. And we're, we like, we just sat in a channel and laughed. Like, so you just couldn't reach a deal. In other words, like there's, there's, there's deals. And then there's like, you are literally mountains apart. I'm not going to waste five hours even negotiating this. Like, yeah. Well, okay. Any other questions before we wrap up the show? By the way, uh, Billy, I'm glad you and I could do business. Just saying. Enjoy your half trillion. <laughs> Jesus. Just kidding. Uh, no, just kidding. Um, all right. Well, we'll, we'll uh, end the show there because um, we've run out of questions. And this is, uh, again, a very interesting situation it's great to have Billy here to put light on the other side of it because um them striking horde is uh is that is that something that was planned before why are you striking at horde why are we striking at horde mm-hmm. uh they're our enemy they well to be honest like after the the summer war like horde was the person who kind of we felt betrayed the most by in terms of like nobody garnered more hate than Horde in terms of what they did. Like 
we had kind of a gentleman's agreement with Horde for better part of a year or more. You know, you stay at our timers, we'll stay at your timer stuff. So, I mean, when Horde decided that they were going to uh, prosecute the war against us, we were like, okay. And then, you know, you know, that hurt a little in terms of, you know, kind of that gentleman's agreement we had. But then on top of that, they decided that they would attempt to open up a third front on us and attack us from the rear in Omist. And to, to us, that was just kind of like really going for the throat, kind of knife in the back kind of stuff that to, to us really felt uh, pretty rough. So that like, listen, some people are saying it's not a betrayal. Like we don't, we did, you know, we're not allies here, but you know, there, there was an agreement that, you know, we thought we kind of had, and you know, we always kind of understood that it was going to end at some point, but there was just, there's a line that we felt was crossed and you know, so be it. All right. That, that's from the summer war, right? This last war during the summer. Yeah. All right. Do you know anything about uh, NC.GOTG fighting uh, Horde and possibly uh, goons uh, joining that fight against Horde? Yeah. Is, it, is that a real thing? Uh, well, Horde and GOTG, or Horde and Black Legion have effectively, um, how would I put it? They've decided that, you know, NC Dot is no longer my friend now. Black Legion is my friend, you know, that meme kind of, mm-hmm. and I, I mean, that, but, uh, obviously I wouldn't consider the relationship truly dead yet, but it, it's certainly on, uh, a, a rocky life support. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know how to really describe that whole situation. Yeah. It's certainly a unique political situation in Eve. Well, you know, uh, you know, Matani and pro God hugging it out and, talking and all the stuff that was going on in Eve Vegas. I wonder if uh, any of that information is, has surfaced yet. What kind of information? You mean like the new political landscape? Yeah, yeah, the new political landscape, exactly. Um, I, I mean, I think everybody knew what was the scoop before Vegas. I, I think, like, you know, the goon uh, or the legacy Imperium relationship, you know, wasn't going to change in Eve Vegas. Um, the, the big political movements... Uh, that are kind of relevant would be the skill yourself relationship with either GOTG. I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call the, the North split now. So I'm going to say the mm-hmm. NC GOTG side, the BL horde side. So, or quote unquote, the known as the pandemic Legion um, plus pandemic Legion Alliance. Oh, that's um, why they call it pandemic Legion. Okay. Pandemic horde black Legion. Yeah. Super confusing. Yeah. With black Legion on the side. So it, it's an incredibly weird situation where the, the old North is effectively split in half, and each side is kind of jockeying to find allies and groups that, like, skill yourself. Um, who else is relevant? Uh, Hard Knocks. Um, even Winter Coalition is relevant. Mm-hmm. Nice guys, by the way. They were. Uh, they were everybody's both got Vegas. different opinions. <laughs> it's different when you're in person and everybody's uh, just a player, but, uh, but yeah, the. It seems to me that, uh, and I said this in the TIS Discord and it got put on Reddit today and uh, I got laughed at, but I think I'm going to stand by it. I think that uh, NC and GOTG are fighting Horde and I think goons are probably going to be up there fighting Horde. And then you guys are fighting Horde in, uh, in, or at least depriving them of wealth uh, from HiSec. It's pretty interesting to me. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting uh, turn of events. So, I mean, Black Legion is... uh Coaching, you know, Pandemic Legion alive. Uh, Horde is, you know, cutting out their new own new identity. 
uh, partly in the drone regions with CO2 uh, and Hard Knocks and Black Legion, that group, and part GOTG space. Like it's a it's an interesting political reality, one that <laughs> like not even like in our strangest dreams could we have predicted how that was going to go. <laughs> yeah, it's shocking. Well, cool, man. We'll uh, we'll cover more of this uh, in the coming weeks uh, during the Sunday shows. Hopefully, we'll see Billy there if he gets some time to jump on. Um, but that's it for now. We'll wrap this up and uh, see you guys next time on uh, Talking to Stations. This has been a special uh, talking with I Choose You and the uh, high sec market for uh, offshoring that uh, has been going on there. I want to say thank you very much to I Choose You for showing up. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you here. Thanks very much. Thanks, everyone, for jumping in, and we will see you next time. Thanks.